Hello, my little darklings. It's an evening of scary tales and viewer emails edition right here on the Paranormal 60 News. Dave and Chachi are in the hot seat, ready to bring the entertainment your way. That's next, right here on the Paranormal 60. Hello, kids, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Paranormal 60 News. I am your lead anchor, and I want to show you something that I've done, and I don't feel I can put the genie back in the bottle. Look, here are my hands, nowhere near the controls, and ladies and gentlemen, help me summon him like we would Bloody Murray. Mary. Ladies and gentlemen, Chachi, Chachi, Chachi. That's when you bring yourself on, Chachi. There you go. <laughs> we didn't practice this dave i thought maybe you'd just pick up what i was putting down I had no idea no yeah. i'm so excited i was like how's he gonna do this oh yeah I'm i have uh listen folks chachi has earned his keep has proven his worth so as my uh first lieutenant in command i have turned some controls over to him which include go ahead and show him what you can do now chachi as i keep my hands here oh that's right you can put up comments hola chachi jennifer said oh look at how the chachi fans are always waving yeah yeah bloody night yeah melanie's making fun of my words is hard part ah so there you go we have got uh chachi able to run and i'm i'm already regretting it the <laughs> comment section so uh Super chat is up, super likes, super stickers, show us a little love, throw us some money, and uh, should you not want to do it through YouTube, you can certainly Venmo it at Paranormal60, that's at Paranormal60. Are they, is nobody saying hello to me, Chach? It's just one high I don't see a single person in the chat, yeah. Done. Well, hey, let's do this first. Um, you know, you sent this to me. So many other people have sent this to me, so I wanted to discuss this with you. Uh, this is probably the uh, most sent to me news story of the week. So there was this couple on a train, what was it going through Colorado, correct? Yep, yep. And they were just filming out the window when they capture something. And it's pretty flipping remarkable. Let's uh, pop that up. An elusive creature. All right, just squat it down. Yeah, let me see your camera, I'll do it. Now, what's so interesting to me about that piece of footage, for those of you listening, you see this Bigfoot-like creature walking through the plains, and as it seems to take notice that people are watching, it shrinks down like it's, it's you know, kind of going into the fetal position on the ground, and it blends in with the background. Whereas if you're just going by and that thing was in a crouched position, Chachi, out in the great wide open expanse you will not see that beast nope nope you so saw people, it walking right the big debate is did we actually capture a piece of bigfoot footage 
I think what to me makes it the most compelling is that it didn't just keep doing the Bigfoot walk, which would have made everybody question the fact that it like realizes something's there and it crouches down in plain sight. And then people are like, how could these huge things hide from us? I think we just got a taste of it. What's wrong? An elusive creature. All right, just squat it down. Yeah, let me see your camera. I'll do it. Ground. Pretty amazing. I said it just kind of blended into the background. Had he not been walking beforehand, you wouldn't have even known no. he was there. Not a clue. Not a clue. Listen, uh, Greg is off. He is in Tombstone right now working on a project. Uh, Marty is still trying to save the world in uh, Maui. And uh, our lovely Chachi, he is in some undisclosed location with very spotty, dodgy internet. So we're not going to do the news as we normally would tonight. Uh, oh, thank you, Deb. $20 coming our way. Sending the love, Dave and Chachi. Uh, I've got stories. I've got a lot. Look at that. i got a big stack of, of stories and emails from listeners that I wanted to get to. And I thought, Chachi, we could share these. And if you're there with me, great. If you get disconnected, I've, I've still got something to read and, and to talk about. So we're going to hold hands in this and move forward as we begin looking at today's uh, footage. And, and by the way, or uh, emails, by the way, on the YouTube channel, put your comments below. What do you think of the Bigfoot footage? that was shown. I want to see what you have to say. I'll be looking. So will Chachi after the show. This is for all of you watching this later on. Uh, Chachi in charge. Yes, Steve. I am starting to regret it already. Let's begin with our first email of the night. And this comes from James Kosick. Hi, Dave and Paranormal 60 News crew. That, that would just be you now. Chachi, yeah, just you. Um, my name is James, and I have finally found the time to write this email. This happened to me in a house I was living in, in the town of Two Rivers, Wisconsin. The house was built back in the 40s or 50s. My wife and myself and my brother rented the house together. After about a week, we started hearing footsteps inside the house and marbles being dropped on the kitchen floor when nobody was in the kitchen. My wife, who is sensitive to spirits, finally told me she was seeing a few spirits in the house an old farmer who was always trying to scare her, but it seemed the lady spirit was not having any of that as she would always step in between his movements towards my wife. There was also a little girl spirit in the house who would always be the one playing marbles. But just recently, I was politely informed that the little girl has somehow attached herself to me and stays with me no matter where I go. She has never harmed me at all, and I am over-the-road truck driver, so she has been with me through a few jobs. But she seems to want to help me with something, or I need to help her, but I don't know what. I'd like your thoughts on this. Thank you. And that comes from James. James, it may just be as simple as she's connecting to you because maybe she recognizes your energy. Maybe you are the reincarnation of a family member to her, or you resonate with her and remind her of her father. That may be the end of what you need. If she's not really showing any other form of wanting attention or needing anything other than just being with you, that would be my guess is that it just seems that you may be already in a reciprocal relationship. You're kind of the de facto fleshy father and she is the de facto ghosty daughter. And there may be nothing more to it than that. I'm not a sensitive, but I know who is. We know him as hashtag table pickles. What are you picking up on, Chach? 
Well, I just wrote down fleshy father as a potential hashtag for next week. I don't know if we needed to hear that, but uh, <laughs> you know, most of what I know about this industry and uh, has been what I've learned from you. And so as you're reading the story, that was exactly what I thought. Two different dimensions. He is, I would not have said fleshy father. Uh, I probably will next week on the show on my shirt, but I think that's what it is. I think that is his connection to the other side. Um, you can always ask as well for her to appear to you, perhaps in a dream visitation, give her that permission and that permission only so that if she can make contact with you, if she can be seen, she can be recognized, let it come in a, in a way that you're more in control of it. And maybe she'll give you the message as to what it is she really needs or doesn't need. Just throwing it out there. Dave, All right. Yes. I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to put comments up. And okay. I'm getting a lot of really good comments here. So if we could in between. Sure. Go story, ahead. What, what have you got that you want to share? I've got Wolf Z who said, welcome back to us. For, oh, uh, nice. Uh, Super Sticker 499. Nice. This one kind of pulled at my heartstrings. Oh, yeah. Susie says, Greg and Marty are missed. Multiple X's and O's. We agree. We miss him as well. And then as a little homage to my shirt, Melinda my husband's family yeah. does table pickles. Very perplexing. Very. I, I don't know what you mean by they do table pickles. I did go to Austin, Texas, where, damn it, there were table pickles. Where was that at? Do you remember? Yeah, we went out to that little restaurant. Remember? They had table pickles out. It was that one of the first days. Like a right. place where, where Lynn Lawson made us go when it was 980 degrees. And instead of sitting in the nice air-conditioned indoor element, Lynn Lawson, uh, who's always cold, had to sit outside. <laughs> the rest Anybody that knows Dave is he's not an out-of-doors kind of person. And so mm -hmm. his first night in Austin, when it's 102 degrees, the paranormal detective's wife takes us to a very hot, very unair conditioned restaurant that had very, very warm table pickles. Oh, I like that. Warm table pickles. Hashtag warm table pickles. Hi, Loki. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Loki's sporting the Paranormal 60 jersey now. I'm pretty Where? excited about that. The baseball jersey. That. She's got her pictures up on social media. She's been showing them. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very pleased with it. So if you are looking for your Paranormal 60 paraphernalia, you can get your Paranormal 60 baseball jersey. They are now available in two styles. They've got Darkling 60 on the back or Paranormal 60 on the back. And uh, just really cool. Plus, we have our new Paranormal 60 Tarot Card Edition shirt and decals. There are coffee mugs. As a matter of fact, there's a Paranormal 60 News Crew coffee mug available and more. So many cool things. Go check out Paranormal 60 Swag Shop. Let's go to letter number two. Cool. I like how you could hear the actual yeah. paper. Yeah, I want to give you that sense that it's <clears throat> hello, Dave and news team. That's you're me. News team. I hope you're all well. This is Lindsay from Liverpool with another of my experiences at the house in Lark Hill. This also happened shortly after my father's passing about six months later from memory. The kids were aged four and five at the time. We had found an app that allowed you to take a short video of yourself acting and then overlay scenes of helicopters crashing, quicksands, volcanoes erupting, and various other disastrous events that you could pretend to escape from. The kids wanted to try it, so I closed the blinds, which were made of oak slats and don't reflect light. We had just painted the walls, so there were no mirrors or pictures up. The kids sat on the floor, roughly in the middle of the blinds, and their father took video of them screaming, giggling, and pretending to sink as they had chosen the quicksand overlay. I went to the kitchen to take some cups out when I heard my partner shouting, Lindsay, come look at this! 
My partner was staring at his phone. I answered him, oh, does it look good? I haven't put the overlay on yet. Here, look. He thrust the phone into my hand. Play the video, he said. My finger gingerly pressed the play button to begin with. There was nothing except the kids sitting on the floor. Then as they began to act, screaming and sinking, a pale blue ball of light came through the wall to the left of the blinds. It was around the size of a football or soccer ball to you Americans, almost as if it wasn't expecting the kids to be there. It intelligently changed course and swerved right around the back of the kids, then shot off in the direction of the lounge door and into the hall. I was lost for words. I've never put much stock into things like orbs, just assuming they are dust or insects. However, the sheer size and color of this ball of light had us baffled. We tried to reconstruct it, and we couldn't. No subsequent video showed anything even remotely similar. We never saw it with the naked eye at the time. I'd love your thoughts on this one. Thank you, guys. Sending love from Liverpool. This is Lindsay. I don't know, Lindsay. Without being able to see it, uh, you know, there's a lot of particulates that as they float close by the camera lens can look much larger than they actually are. So to you, it appears to be this huge Glinda the Goodwitch orb of light when in fact it's very minuscule and it's just going past the camera lens, giving you this false perspective. Um, I, I would have to see the video to try to determine, and I still couldn't give you a fully uh, realized answer because I would just be doing the best guess I possibly could. But it's interesting, uh, certainly in the fact that it seemed to come to watch the kids play and react. So maybe it was your father. I like that, Dave. You mm -hmm. know what I like more? What? I like any pickles, Caroline says. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, everybody knows I love the comments. And to have control of the comments, oh, not have to worry about reading. This is scary. Oh, I love this. This is my favorite night ever. This like is this. your. I don't even know what this means. Ball lightning. That's yeah. what that. Okay, so Chig is offering up the concept that maybe, perhaps, it okay. is something a phenomena. Do 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 called ball lightning. Ball lightning has been around for quite a while, and uh, <laughs> yes, I will be. Yeah, I'm going to have to put up some pictures. Yes. Ball. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Ball lightning. So yeah. it is this strange phenomena, and science has seen it. Uh, they call it plasma lights, ball lightning, where literally it's like a contained little lightning storm, this, this ball of electricity that is oftentimes seen. Um, I've just been given something. I'm going to try to see. I mean, this almost is rare, maybe even more rare than the elusive Bigfoot in the Colorado woods. Uh, that's how rare what we have here is. So let me see okay. if I can I can save this. I don't like to let people down with maybe over-explaining, but you know, <laughs> I, I feel like th these people... It's more are, of a Greg job. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Sorry, these, I asked. These people uh, demand proof of things that, that we claim exist and okay. we have maybe no other answers for. And who am I to deny them of such claims? So let me see what I've got... Uh, on this, because I made a, a pretty uh, big claim at the beginning of today's episode saying that I did, in fact, in Austin, Texas, see the elusive table pickles. And I understand people are like, oh, sure, just like you really saw a ghost, but you didn't take out a camera, which, you know, a lot of times when you're in those moments, you don't think of whipping one out and taking a photograph. But lo and behold, on the table in Austin, there this. was this container. 
Oh, those look delicious. And for the, was it Melinda or whoever said they loved any kind of pickles? Apparently so do I because they're <laughs> diving into said table pickles. Yeah. Oh, I shouldn't well, though. They've been sitting there. Who knows what kind oh. of residue and dusty skin bike bugs and mites. You know what my mouth needed after that? A good washing out. <laughs> nope. Like, nope. Hey, yep. I don't have control right now for everybody. <laughs> but listen here. Rinsing. Look at this. Greetings, Greetings from, from Manila. Manila. Wow. Got the stream on in the background while working. Hope everyone is doing well. That comes from Rommel Frederick Ambrosio. I hope I said that right. Oh, look at this. Crimson Elise with a $10 love button for us. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Bridget Connolly throwing oh. 20. Is Chachi drinking pickle juice? Hold on. Love button. I'm going to write that one down, too. We're, we're three for three, and we're only oh, 15 man. minutes in. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the third story yet. Awesome. All right. Let's uh, let's roll. We've got our, our next email. Hi, Dave. I'm listening to your podcast, Creepy Kids Edition. That was also with you, Chachi. And I wanted to tell you... That's what most people listen. My story. When I was four years old, my mother said that I walked outside into our backyard in my nightgown on morning. Uh, one morning. She said, where are you going? When I turned around and said, I'll be right back. I'm just going out to the tinderbox. There's a storm on the way. Of course... We had no tinderbox, and I had never heard that word before, and it was a bright, sunny morning. Nothing too major, but she always thought that this was kind of odd, and she thought I was probably referring to a past life memory. I love your show. I listen while I work remotely every day. Thanks for all you do, Dina. So did Dina just admit that whilst at home working remotely, <laughs> she's listening yeah. to shows uh, instead of doing yeah. her work? <laughs> you know, I'm not here to judge. We actually appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Dave, just heard your podcast on this while driving down to St. Augustine for a work thing. So I back in there. Yeah, did you really? Yeah. St. Augustine, not... beautiful town. Show side of Jacksonville. It was back in 2007 when my son, Sean, was three and we were living in Panama City, Florida. We were in the den, sitting on the floor, just goofing off, when suddenly he stops dead in his tracks, looks past me, and with a curious but scared face says, Look, Daddy, lights. There's lights. And it was dark outside. I slowly turn around and, like in a horror movie, hoping to see something. Nope, not a damn thing. By this time, Sean is freaking out, and I'm getting that way, too. He's jumped in my arms, and my hackles are all on edge. Thankfully, my wife swoops in and breaks the tension with ice cream time, freeing me to burn all the sage I could find. This also explains some of the other paranormal and weird stuff that happened in that house. Thanks again for a great podcast and all you do. If you're ever in the Tallahassee area, let me know and I'll buy you guys a beer. And that comes from Brian. Well, listen. Wow. Stevie Lynn, I demand Chachi Greg and if he's home, Marty, be at Para Unity in Jersey. I'd love for them to be there. That's the first weekend in uh, November, I believe. Uh -huh. uh, let me let me yep. see if I've got that information up here. Pull down your little your deal, and that's a ten dollars sticker from Stevie. Yeah, ninth annual annual uh, New Jersey Para Unity Expo. I'll be there. The Ghost Hunters, the Ghost Brothers, Adam Berry, Chip Coffee, Destination or Project Fear, John Zaffis, so many others will be on hand. It's going to be an amazing time, and it's a November fourth and fifth in Woodbridge, New Jersey, and there's more information about that up at darknessevents.com. Let's take just a quick break. We'll come back. We've got more of your comments and more of your emails right after this.
All right, we are back. You are listening to the very best in paranormal talk radio, no matter what other people say, it's true. Let's get back to it. What did your uh, last comment you have up there for me say, Chachi? Would you like to read it? Uh, Chachi, have you ever attended the Jefferson Bigfoot Conference? It's next Saturday, the 21st. Uh, I believe that's in Jefferson, Texas, is it not? I, I would guess so. Tay Trooper, I believe that's correct. Isn't that also where our... Um... Our musical artist is from. Oh, Mud Dog. Yeah, <laughs> Blind Dog. I think I don't know. And now maybe he just gave away his home. I have it on good authority. We have a brand new song coming out from Blind Dog in the next week or two, and exciting digital news. So you'll have to keep listening. And if you love Blind Dog songs on the show, something big is brewing. How cool is no, that? No, I no, I haven't. I've been to the um, the Jefferson Paranormal Conference there, but yeah. never the big football. All right. Well, now you have something to look forward to. Get out to it next week. What else are you doing? I'll write that down. Yeah. Dave, I was the creepy kid. I'm told that when I was four or five years old, I used to say, I remember when Martha and I used to do this. I remember when Martha and I went there. Martha was my mother's grandmother who died when my mom was just a baby. Also, as an adult, I was once watching a documentary about Ireland when they started talking about and showing images of an old town called Omag. Omag? Omag. Yeah, I started crying and felt so homesick. Still creepy, I guess, but hey, all the best folks are. And that comes from Kara Brooks. I would agree with that. Hey, hey Dave. You said. Oh. Mm -hmm. No, go. Uh, what? No, I just, again. Melinda Freeman's mouth is watering with the table pickles. Yep. I hope and Shake so. said, excuse me while I whip this out. I <laughs> yeah, see that as also right. table pickles. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, Dave, I'm listening to the Creepy Kids edition of the Paranormal 60, and I have a quick story that happened to me and my wife. When my daughter was about three to five years old, my wife and I were asleep in our bed. In the middle of the night, we were woke up to our daughter laughing and giggling. That's when we heard another child's voice in her room as well. I was, uh, I, I'm sorry, this is one of those, I should have read through it and edited is before. This, and, is this Marty reading tonight? What no, is this? well, here, here's how it's written. I was, we left her TV on. See, it's mm, confusing. I was sure we had left her TV on, as I'm sure what they were going for, and I and went back to sleep. The next day, we asked my daughter what show she was watching that made her laugh so much. She told us she wasn't watching TV but she was playing with the little boy that comes and visits her in her room. My wife and I just looked at each other and would have thought she had an imaginary friend, but we heard the other child's laughter. Later, we found out that the previous owner's grandson accidentally hung himself while playing hide-and-seek in that room. This happened after we bought the house, but my wife and I suspect that he went back to the house where he had happy times. My daughter is 20 now, and this only happened a handful of times but she still remembers this and can tell you exactly how the boy looked. And he matches the description of the previous owner's grandson to a T. That comes from Wade Arrington. Thank you, Wade. It's a good one, huh? It's Chachi reverse aging. Yes. Oh, I didn't mean to put that up. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, no. Complete. That, that accident. Accident. Yeah. I'm how did you use this tool? Good God. <laughs> All right, we got coming, folks. <laughs> yeah, shut up. We got more stories. Let's see where we're going to go next. Hi, Dave and wonderful news crew. I'm super excited to share my story with you. As recently this year, my mother has had another experience at her house involving ghost cats. 
I've never shared this story outside of friends and family, but I can no longer keep in my excitement that my childhood pets may actually be visiting home occasionally. While growing up at my parents' house next to big Indiana corn and bean field, we had six cats, only four at one time. They stayed outside during the day and usually came in at night. Eventually, some of them just didn't come home. As years went by, we eventually lost two to coyotes and two to a fox. One died of natural uh, causes, but very young. And the other, we just aren't sure where he went. I personally still blame the fox, but it really is unclear. This did cause my family distress. And since then, now in my adulthood, my parents have made modifications to their house to allow a more luxurious indoor experience for her three remaining cats. There have been climbing shelves and elevated cat pets in just about every room. My mom only lets them outside in the yard with supervision and also had built what we call a catio, an outdoor enclosure or fenced-in patio that allows them to be outside while not getting eaten. To put it bluntly, we are tired of feeding the local fox family. Last year, around early August during some of the hottest days that year in Indiana, the farm next door to my parents' house, had some large trees to a local logging company. In order to get to the trees, they had to move large construction vehicles through the wooded area surrounding my parents' property. This destroyed a lot of undergrowth, and smaller trees had to be removed. Fortunately, nature is resilient, and things have grown back nicely in the past year. During these events, however, my mom started to notice more than three cats in her house. And so did I. At first, it was simple things like seeing a cat move into the room from the corner of your eye and then looking over to see that there was no cat there. Then one day, my mom had called me to explain that the night prior, she was laying in bed and had felt a cat jump up on the headboard above her head. Still watching the news on the laptop, she reaches her hand up to pet the cat and felt something barely touch her fingertips. When she looked up, she was startled to see there was no cat in sight. We giggled a little bit about how the loggers must have scared one of our cats home. Those giggles, though, didn't quite last as long as these experiences started to get just a bit stranger. Only a few days have passed, and the loggers are about midway through their job. Midway through the week, I take my son over to see my parents, and I needed to get something from the garage. My parents have the beautiful can't, er, cat who will do anything to escape the house, and that includes pushing through our or past your legs and knocking you off balance. Paranormal crew, I swear it on my life, I thought that was exactly what happened. He had pushed through my legs, dashed under the car incredibly quickly. I even yelled at him. When I went to look where he had climbed, I found no evidence of a cat. I even left the garage without whatever it was I needed and looked for him. He was at the other end of the house, fast asleep in one of the other cat beds. I rushed to explain to my mom what I had just experienced, and she said she too had another ghost cat experience. She felt a cat brush against the back of her leg while she was standing in the kitchen making food. When she turned around again, no cat. Once the loggers had finished their job at the end of the week and all the large vehicles and loud noises had vanished, so did the encounters of ghost cats, or at least we thought, until just last week. My mom had mentioned just before the 4th of July that she once again felt a cat jump onto her bed, this time at her feet, but she had sworn she had left the door shut. 
When she looked up from her shows on her laptop, she was surprised to once again find nothing physical there. We both decided that as wonderful as it is that they came home when the loggers overtook their playground, it was also quite sad. It reminded us that we had lost them tragically to begin with, and some of them probably could have still been with us even today. Now, for those of you who might be wondering, where is my dad in all this? Deliberately avoiding it, not only was the idea of ghosts existing just too uncomfortable for him, he was not about to invest in the idea that the house could be haunted at all. Cats or people. A ghost is a ghost, I suppose. I believe it's just safe to say I know my childhood furry friends felt that my family home was safe enough for them to return to even after death. And that's enough for me to feel comforted by their surprise visits. I'm a huge fan of you, Dave, and have been a longtime listener since 2016. And this Paranormal 60 show is absolutely fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to read this story, hopefully on the show, because that would just be the bee's knees. I love you and the Paranormal 60 News crew, and I hope you have a wonderful and spooky night. And that comes from Sammy Powell. Wow. wow. Sammy. Yeah. What a great. Little Sprite says, I wish you guys would come to Denver. Can we go to Denver? I you can. I've got things. I'm all over the place. Sybil Winfield showing us a little love with a $12 donation. Love the interaction between the two of you and us. And there's a lot more now that Chachi has done. <laughs> the button of so power. Many, uh... <laughs> Hashtag button of power he has now oh, got. Oh. Yeah. That, that might be, might be the one. Button. Let me hear from you, folks. If you've had an encounter with a ghost animal, a ghost pet, I would love to hear from you. One of my all-time favorite stories, I'll see it. Have to see if I can dig it up. Just the basics of it was um, this guy lived, I think it was like in a basement apartment or something. And uh, one night he was woken up to his dog barking and going ballistic and jumping on the bed and insisting for him to get up and, and follow him. And he did. What's wrong? What's wrong? He got up and the house was on fire above him. And the dog led him outside. And that's when it all clicked together. His dog had already died like a year ago. Oh, no. And his his faithful friend, we, we do not deserve dogs. We don't deserve nope. His dog jumped up, came back from the dead to help him get to safety. Hmm. Beautiful. I'll try to find that full story. It's a really neat one. Day Trooper says, I met Greg Lawson up in Jefferson at the Jefferson History Haunts and Legends Conference. I'll be We're there sorry. in a few weeks. We're sorry. We'll yeah, just put it I'll out there now. <laughs> Listen, we miss Greg. We do. Yeah. Let's go on to the next story. <laughs> Hello, Dave and Paranormal 60 News crew Chachi. I'm writing this email to you because I have questions regarding an experience I had at the beginning of June when my mom was in the ICU. Let me set the stage for you. My mom was taken to the ICU after I found her sweaty, ice cold, and barely breathing. I was told it was so bad that it was as if she knocked on death's door and it was creaking open slowly. About three stressful days went by, and on the third night, I had one of the most surreal events happen to me in my entire life. On the third night, my mom was in the hospital. I went to bed, and I had a dream. I dreamed that I was walking into the same ICU wing where my mom was staying. As I entered the room, she was gone, physically gone as if she had never been there. Worried, I found her nurse and doctor and asked, where is she? Where's my mom? Looking at me with a puzzled look, they responded, she's not here. She's gone. Is this some kind of cruel joke? Tell me where she is. I need to see her. I don't care if she's in the morgue. Let me see her at least one more time. 
I said in an increasingly angry tone. Understanding my frustration, they, they calmed me down and said, look behind you. As I turned my head to look behind me, the setting changed from a hospital to the most pristine hotel room. My mom was sitting on a nice red velvet chair, looking out a window and enjoying her morning coffee. In awe, I weakly said through tears in her eyes, Mom, is that you? She turned her head and she looked perfectly healthy. Hi, honey. Sit and have some coffee with me. As I did, we talked and talked as if it was a normal conversation, talking about her day. It was then that I woke up and was instantly angry that it was all over. I went from being aggravated, but soon after I felt comforted in the hope that she'll be all right after all of this. Fast forward a couple weeks later when she became healthy enough to transfer to an inpatient physical therapy facility to help get her strength back. The first day I came to visit her, I stopped in the threshold of her room and took in the way her room was set up. It was almost exactly how it looked in my dream. A nice bed for her to sleep in and a red velvet-lined chair next to the window. That morning, we sat, and we were having our morning coffee, and I stayed for a while, and we talked, having a normal chit-chat. As I hugged my mom goodbye for the day, I got in my car, and I thought back to the dream I had in the beginning of all this. I had to pull over and gain my composure again after bawling my eyes out and continued on home. I'm also happy to say my mom is well enough to be discharged and is now officially back home. Having said all this, I told this to a lot of my friends and family, and they gave me a variety of different answers, including a message from God, premonition. If it's possible, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Anyway, have a great day. Keep up the entertaining podcast. And that comes from Mike Petzold. What are your thoughts? I like that. Josh? You know, sometimes it's best to just let the folks in the chat room speak instead. <laughs> Stuart says, Chachi is the best Benjamin Button. He's brilliant and adore his humor. Stop trying to avoid giving real answers to real emails, Chachi. <laughs> I'm just doing what Greg does. <laughs> Distract? Distract, uh, yeah. Point listen, direction. It's a great yeah. story. Who's to say? I mean, I think you hit it on the nail or hit the nail on the head is uh, hit it on the nail. And now I am talking <laughs> like the colonel. Hit it on the nail. <laughs> yeah, you really hit it on the nail. Wasn't that what uh, the colonel said in like one of the first two he episodes? Did. He did. You really hit the nail on the head with your assumption that Maybe it was just a, a premonition that things were going to be okay. And since you locked into that and saw the exact same place and saw yourself in there physically having that moment with your mom, that's beautiful and brilliant. And I'm glad that it happened for you. Yeah, pretty exciting. So listen, the other day, I'm driving home with my daughter. We're coming up my street and I'm looking and there's one of the planets up there, big, bright, planet and i thought boy that planet is really bright that's got to be like jupiter or saturn right it's huge okay. but i was like hey, it, it's almost too big and bright so i literally stopped the car in the middle of the street and my daughter goes what what are you looking at dad and i said look at that is that a planet so we just kind of stared and then i noticed it was getting bigger as it approached and i thought what what are we looking at here and then hand to god and i sent this footage over to chachi it takes on almost this UFO shape, right? And yep. it goes from heading towards us to starts banking off to the left and goes behind trees where it just kind of is gone. Now, we couldn't see the normal red and blue flashing lights, not with the naked eye and not through the camera lens. Now, people have said that they see it as it goes through the trees, which was giving you kind of that perspective. But I don't know if it's the trees giving off that color or if you could legitimately see the red and blue. 
But that was weird. I've got the footage. I've sent it out to a few of my friends. I'd like to get their input on it before I put it up and show it. But whatever their answer is, once I get their their thoughts on it, I'll bring it on and show it on the show because I want to show you, if it is a plane, how easily we can be wrong. If you saw that in the sky, how could you not think that's a UFO? What you sent me? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was something from a movie, actually, that you sent me. Nope. And you said, no, no, I just recorded this. I said, it can't be. Yeah, right and, outside and my house. You're not going to show it? Not tonight, no, because like I said, no. I've got a, a few friends. I sent it over to Ben Hansen and a few of my other UFO friends to break it down. They're used to this kind of footage, and they know um, aviation, so they might be able to tell me, oh, yeah, Dave, that's this kind of plane. We didn't hear any buzz. We didn't hear any flights. There was no noise to it. Nope. it, and it was close enough. I mean, it was so bright and big. You think you would hear the? I heard nothing. Nope. Nothing. So I got nothing. It was a cool, cool moment. I love one. And I was so happy that I got to share that moment with my, uh, my daughter. It reminds me when I went to the Gilliland ranch, right? The Yaseti ranch in Trout Lake, Washington. And I had my experiences with these UFOs and seeing things in the sky. Uh, James Gilliland said, now, Dave, now that they know you're watching, they're going to make themselves known to you more, which I didn't know how I felt about that. You know, part of me is like, yeah, yeah, sure. It just feels like rhetoric, like you're, you know, oh, now that they know you're watching, they're watching you. So one of the, a couple of cool experiences, I'm flying home from Seattle, Washington, and it's a late night flight, and I'm looking out the window of my plane, and I can see the Big Dipper up in the sky, and I'm thinking to myself, it's nighttime. I've been looking at the sky for three or four nights now, seeing things. Now I'm up here. So I, I, I start thinking to myself, and I'm like trying to telepathically send a message out to the universe. If you're there, show me something. Show me that you're there. When this light comes across the sky and it stops in the cup of the Big Dipper, it stops there and it just like hovers in the middle of the cup and then boom, banks off at a 90 degree angle straight up. And I'm like, what? Maybe, maybe the convex window. Maybe I, I'm seeing something that can't be right. So I come home and I tell my kids about my experience, and they were all very young. Uh, Ripley, I think, had just been born in November, so she she wasn't even born yet. So we were up at uh, my ex's parents' house, where they don't have as much sky pollution, so you can actually see the night sky. And uh, they're like, Daddy, can we go out and sky watch? I'm like, sure. So my daughter Kayla's laying on the hood of my car and her cousin or Braden is laying on the hood of the car. And I'm over in the other part of the yard with, with Linus and Pacey and we're looking up and all of a sudden Kayla goes, daddy, what's that? And I, I look up and she's pointing to the sky and Braden laying next to her. He goes, yeah, what's that? And I think they're pointing to the same thing until I realize their fingers are pointing to two different parts in the same sky. And sure enough, there are two lights moving across the sky. And then they start to do this like helix pattern in the sky, like they're dancing. And I'm looking, I go, what the hell are we looking at? Now, mind you, this was like 2006. So there weren't, there weren't uh, those, uh, I can't even think of the word for them right now. The little hovercraft things that people are flying around everywhere. What are those called? Uh, hovercrafts? No, what is a word? I can't think of the stupid word. You know, the little things that you shoot up for filming for TV now and they drones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't a time when there were drones up, and these two were dancing around in the sky together. 
And then they were gone. And then we saw another look like a shooting star going across the sky and it stopped and banked at another angle. My kids were flipping out. We loved it. It was so exciting. But it does make you wonder, once you open up to these things, and I didn't put that veil in front of my kids' eyes of, oh, no, these things don't exist. And we all went out to look and we saw things in the sky that night. How awesome is that to share that with your kids? Yeah, pretty pretty damn awesome, I think. You know what else is awesome to share with my kids? Tell me. In the shadowed realm where moonlight weaves, where ghosts and ghouls find reprieve, a magazine emerges from the depths unknown. Haunted 39 has ominously grown. Pages whisper tales of spectral fright. Haunted houses in the dead of night. The return. A shiver crawls down your spine as you delve into the macabre, line by line. Order direct from hauntedmagazineprintshop.com Available in the shops from the 5th of September. And remember, kids, don't be normal, be paranormal. Innovation, creation, vitality, and joy are the pulse of MySoulTopia.com. With many custom creations for the mind, body, and spirit, along with classes, intuitive sessions, coaching, MySoulTopia.com strives to bring sophistication with a twist to the metaphysical and the holistic market while raising the community's vibration and channeling the new paradigm, which means new and exciting adventures for all. MySoulTopia.com is utopia for your soul. Visit MySoulTopia.com, your one-stop shop for all your metaphysical needs. Offering hand-selected crystals and crystal jewelry, with prices to fit every budget. MySoulTopia.com offers the best selections of tarot and divination cards by top designers, expertly curated and award-winning book collections from top authors on every subject you'll need on your spiritual journey. MySoulTopia is also proud to offer the finest singing bowls and an eclectic collection of the most amazing gemstones crystals, and crystal jewelry from the top metaphysical designers in the world. MySoulTopia.com is always your one-stop shop for award-winning mixes of Florida water, sage spray, and other spiritual protection. So begin your journey with the best resource, MySoulTopia.com. That's MySoulTopia.com. Why mess with the rest when you can start with the best? MySoulTopia.com. Again, that's M-Y-S-O-U-L-T-O-P-I-A.com. Maybe you're looking for some insights. You've got questions that you want help from on the other side, but you don't know where to go, who to trust, and where to put your faith. Well, we've made it easy for you. You can check out Love and Lotus Tarot with Winnie Schrader. That's right. Just go to the Paranormal60.com website, Paranormal60.com. Click on the Love and Lotus tab, and there you can set up an appointment with Winnie Schrader. You will get a one-on-one -on -one reading with her, and there are different style readings 
for different style people. Go check it out. Get those questions answered. Get some insights and start making a better plan for your life. Get that help with Love and Lotus Tarot and Winnie Schrader at Paranormal60.com. Well, Christmas is almost here. Dave, shut up. Halloween hasn't even landed. Yeah, but we need to start thinking about gift items for the future. And what better gift item could there be than the gift of books? Because remember, reading is fun for mentals. I think that's how the statement goes, Chach. I'm not sure. How about the Haunted Harlequin book? About the Haunted Harlequin Theater in Texas. Or maybe Conflicted Reality, My Paranormal Journey, written by Nikki Folsom with a foreword by Paranormal 60 host Dave Schrader. Both books are on site and available if you go to paranormal60.com click on the shop tab go into our amazon shop and there you can find all the books that we discuss and share right here on the show so go check it out get the haunted harlequin and conflicted reality so that you can share the gift of the paranormal this holiday season all right now that we've uh sated the ladies let's move on stevie lynn a 20 dollar bonus for us. Look at this. In honor of me and my mom's six fur babies that we lost in a fire that constantly let me know they are still around watching over us. Stevie, thank you very much. That's so sweet. That's awesome. We have good people. I don't know why you're so mean about these people. All the horrible things you say about them, Chachi. And here Not they me. are. It's the other two that we oh, kicked yeah. off the show. <laughs> I kid. Chachi loves you all. Yeah. He's here to prove it because he's throwing up comments. Do we have any comments and questions from the peanut gallery we need to answer before I move on to the next email? I would say about 97 people said drones when you and I couldn't figure out that word. Words are tough. Words is hard. If I had just been paying a little more close attention to the comments, we would have known it about 30 seconds earlier. Yeah. Lots of comments about me turning red or purple. I assume that's an homage to our friend, the paranormal detective. You look very smooth. Are you using some kind of filter on your uh, your computer laptop? No, I have started drinking a new bourbon, and <laughs> I've started walking on a treadmill uh, whilst drinking the bourbon. Yes, so yes, counter... you burn it off. Wow, that is uh, that's something. Stay tuned for more tips and tricks for staying healthy. Look, you do have a nice glow about you today, Sean. I don't know if you need the lights that you think you do at your house because you look great. Those are my wife telling me I need those at home. Mm -hmm. These are the wife. These are the lights without a wife. The lights without a wife. Yeah. Hashtag. The it's, my, it's my new Christmas book. Yeah. Lights without a wife. Holy cow. Little sprites in with a $45 donation to the show. You always make this a worthwhile 60 minutes. Thanks, Dave and Chachi. Did sometimes, I fall behind? Because I didn't throw that up. Yeah, no, I did. Sometimes we're even uh, at the 90 minute mark. You never know where the show's going to go. I don't like to be constrained by man's rules of time. When I call it the paranormal 60 for 60 minutes, I mean 60 minutes or so. Deb says, Chachi doesn't have a mean bone in his body. This is true. <laughs> uh, uh, hold us another one, Dave. Read that one. Stevie Lynn says, no, Chachi is amazing. That was good. Yeah, and Christina, did. just one for her. She gave me a copy of The Haunted Harlequin. Ooh, Nikki Folsom gave away a copy of a book. Well, I guess you don't have to buy it at all, folks. Just go see Nikki and she'll give you free copies. <laughs> she probably will. She's no, got a, a, a kind heart, yes. Yeah, she has to. All right, we've got a couple more emails here. This one is written out very nicely. Double spaced. And it looks like it's even had spell check used. <gasps> this is not a story from Greg. Hey, Dave. Thanks for giving me an outlet to share some of my anecdotes. I've never really considered the paranormal or supernatural to be anything outside of nature. 
My theory is that the frequencies that our human senses can perceive are very limited. Why would we think that everything that... Are you hearing that? (laughs) I thought it was me. It's you? No, I don't know where it it came from. Did you hear it? It was like a... Yeah. That wasn't me. Was it you? I don't know. Was it... Do you need some hashtag tape pickles? <laughs> <laughs> God, son. That sounded like a demon rising up. Uh, no, let me see. Let's see if it continues on. Um, here we go. My theory is that frequencies that our human senses can perceive are very limited. Why would we think that everything that exists has to be perceptible in such limited frequencies? Plus, I'm pretty sure science isn't done yet. So in general... I'm pretty chill with most stuff that happens. I've been startled. I've had that feeling that I don't like the energy here and I got to leave. Mostly though, I think these so-called supernatural occurrences are interesting and I want them to happen again. But right now, I want to tell you about the one time I was honestly and truly terrified. This would have been the late spring or early summer of 1991 when I was 19. Oh, to be young and stupid. I had these three best friends, Chris, Peter, and Troll. The problem really was that the more of us were together, the lower our collective IQ became. I know that feeling, and I know the guys guys I hang with helped me get to that low IQ sense. Individually, we were each honor students, just like the three of us. And the four of us all together. See, I can't even count. <laughs> I was like, who's all this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put all four of us together. You'd never guess we had a brain cell between us. <laughs> We've been friends for a while now, so they knew me well enough to know that I was sensitive to the supernatural or spooky stuff. And if I said something was happening, something was absolutely happening. Chris especially would exaggerate things that I thought didn't really need exaggeration. Well, one night shortly after sunset, around 9.30 or 10 that time of year, the four of us were hanging out in a parking lot by a memorial in a Civil War battlefield. We're just chatting and stargazing, nothing special, a very ordinary, non-memorable evening, when I was suddenly overwhelmed with a feeling of pure malevolence. Something was there. Something that hated us. I scanned the area the feeling was coming from. And just at the edge of the tree line, I saw what I can only describe as a large, red, misty blob of evil. That's the closest I've ever been to a panic attack before or since. I'm borderline hysterical, shrieking at my friends that we have to go get in the car now. This is completely out of character for me. So they take off running with me to the car. I'm in the backseat. Chris is driving. He's got his high beams on and is trying to drive onto the grass. This thing is still locked in on us, and I'm still screaming, get us out of here. I want to see it too, he says. No, you really don't. Drive. He finally starts driving away, and the thing stays there. I calmed down, and we never went back. The end. Ha ha. That was the plan, but for what plans are worth. Over the next couple weeks, I made a new boyfriend who started staying over at my place. He was chronic nightmares and wakes up screaming every night at 3 a.m. Like clockwork, every night without fail at 3 a.m. Anyway, one night, we're up in the middle of the night, so I'm looking through his sketchbook. He had sketched page after page of this thing from the battlefield, including the monument I was at when I saw it. Crap. 
he tells me that he also saw the large red misty blob of evil. Rather than booking it out of there, he opted to be curious and go check it out. Crap, crap. And now that I mention it, that's about when the nightmare started. Crap, crap, crap. We have to go back. Ah, oh, crap, 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 crap. I get my buddies together at our usual hangout spot, a popular 24-hour diner. We don't know what we're getting into. We don't have a battle plan or anything. We're just a bunch of idiotic 19 and 20-year-olds who have no idea what's going on. But what the heck? The waitress hands Chris his phone. His roommate is calling to tell him she had a bad tarot reading and we absolutely should not try to face up against this thing. Captain Obvious, table for duh. Of course this is stupid. We know that. This is probably the worst idea ever in the history of bad ideas. But our collective exponentially lower group IQ has been topped off by sleep deprivation from my boyfriend's nightmares. This misty red blobbish is going down. And by the way, what did she mean, demon? The five of us get into Chris's car and he takes us back to that cursed spot I never wanted to see again. He parks and I see him and Peter, their watches. We pile out of the car. As soon as my feet touch the pavement, Chris says, get back in the car now. This is completely the opposite of our last trip. I'm fighting to stay. I want this thing. Troll is still in the car, pulling on my arm to get me back in. My boyfriend is outside with me, pushing on me. Chris is shouting, get in now. Peter checks his watch again and says, we've been here for 15 minutes. We've just lost time. I don't know what the heck is going on. I'm about convinced that they're just screwing with me. And I want to tell you what happened. I want to tell you that we had an epic blowout with this thing. That would be fiction, and I can't wrap this up in a tidy bow. None of us ever remembered anything of those missing 15 minutes. But whatever happened, whatever we did or it did, the nightmare stopped. He never woke up screaming at 3 a.m. again. He didn't need to because the blobbish thing had entered her boyfriend and had a new host. That's my take on it. Oh, okay. Let's see where the rest of the emails go. <laughs> it took a toll on all of us, though. It wasn't long until we had to go our separate ways and never saw each other again. Life has a way of having people come and go, but I miss those guys, especially Troll. We had good times. But Dave, in drudging up this old incident and thinking of what to include or leave out, I looked up pictures of the park and its memorials. If my memory of the location is accurate, I find it rather worrying that the woods around that particular monument are now cordoned off with tall fences topped with barbed wire and marked with multiple no trespassing and area patrolled by county sheriff signs. Cheers to your next 150 episodes. And that comes from Sherry. I like that. Cheers. Well, we got some good news here. What's that? Look at Mary. Mary says, Okie Finoki, y'all. I emailed my story and thank you. Thank you, Mary. We won't be able to get to it tonight, but we will read it on an upcoming episode. What? How about that? If, it's, if the show keeps going. Tonight, I, no. I, I don't have a way to print it off down here. I'm in my studio with cats stalking me, probably living and dead. So uh, I've only got so much I can possibly do here. What are we at? 50? Yeah, we've and I've got enough, enough stories that I think we'll get through our 60 minutes tonight without problem. You know what that story reminded me of? When I was a kid, I grew up in Illinois, and there is a very famous cemetery known as Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. And we all heard about Bachelor's Grove and how haunted it was. 
And there's a very famous photograph of a woman sitting at Bachelors Grove Cemetery. As a matter of fact, in one of our first episodes of the beginning of this series, The Paranormal 60, I actually show the interview of me talking to the woman who caught the photograph and show the photograph on that episode. And it's really astounding. But we had gone there, a group full of us, a, a car full of teenage idiots. And you have to kind of park far away from it and go down this long dirt road. And as we began making our way down that large, large, long dirt road, we could hear something rustling in the like brush along the side of the road. And we're all kind of, you know, you got that false macho bravado when you're hanging out with your idiot friends and all of our IQs have you know, substantially dipped uh, because we've been hanging out all day and night. And as we keep going, this thing seems to move up and ahead of us. And we're like, well, it's probably just, you know, a dog or a cat running through the, the woods, maybe a squirrel, a raccoon. And suddenly this white figure darts out about 20 yards in front of us, darts out of the brush and stops and looks at us and then turns to face us and starts walking. I'd seen enough Night of the Living Dead movies to know this was not a good thing at a cemetery. We turned around and hauled ass out of there. Found out later that a bunch of teenagers like to go to Bachelor's Grove to smoke and drink and hide in the uh, in the back of it. And what they would do is they would wait for carloads of idiots to show up, and then they would go freak them out. So that's what actually took place. Or did it? Did it? Dave, you're the best storyteller. Oh, thanks, Gene. I'm just reading them. Sometimes almost well. Dave's shirt reminds me of hunting. Okay. Oh, it's a Godzilla shirt. Dave is the goat. There we go. Now we're I hope, talking. I hope that means greatest of all time, not uh, a braying, nasty creature. I don't think so. All right. Let's get to it, shall we? Hi, Dave. I missed Monday night's live episode for an unfortunate reason. My stepfather passed away on Thursday morning after decades of struggling with rheumatoid arthritis. He was a lovely religious man who danced the father-bride dance on my wedding day instead of my late father, Thomas, who had passed in 2003. It was a two-and-a-half-hour drive from New Jersey to the funeral home in the eastern section of Long Island. Along the way, my husband and I stopped at a white castle for a quick slider lunch. We sat down and started eating our order when I looked at one of my husband's slider boxes. On the side, it said, Long Live Chris. That's my stepfather's name. Then I looked at my first slider box and it said, long live Thomas. That's my father. If that wasn't enough, one more popped up, long live Jim. That was my first stepfather's name who passed in 1985. Two other boxes had long live Angela. I don't know anybody named Angela, but the name translates to angel. Mm -hmm. Of course, I grab my phone and take pictures of the three slider boxes with Chris, Thomas, and Jim on them because no one's going to believe me. I also debated whether to tell my mother. She's just not into the paranormal. But later that evening, after the wake, I showed them to her. The signs didn't quite stop there. The following morning, as I'm getting dressed for the funeral, I find a penny in my backpack. It wasn't there when I packed it the day before. I looked at the year, 1969. That's my birth year. Pennies with my birth year or his death year have been assigned for my father over the past 19 years. I'd like to think my father is helping my stepfather adjust to the new existence, as we say, or say our goodbyes. I'm not sure my mother would share that sentiment, but that's okay. And there were other signs from Chris that I've grown accustomed to over the years with the newly passed. They tend to be practical jokers for the first few days, but that may be another tale to tell on another day. 
Son of a biscuit. We'll be here. I plan to be in your chat room for Wednesday's news and my Paranormal 60 family, and I thank all of you for helping me to understand I'm not alone and to be mindful of signs like these. Love and bear hugs, and that's from Donna C. Donna C. in our chat room. Thank you, Donna. Donna C. Yeah, beautiful. Gene says, I want to sit around a campfire that Dave hosts Paranormal Storytime. Uh, yeah. Where do we do that at, Dave? We do uh, that. Well, yes, we do that on the Jericho Cruise. On the Jericho Cruise. Yeah. It's like 60 days. It's sold out. More than 60 days, isn't it? January? Yeah, it's in January. But yeah, it's it's a sold out cruise. And I will be back telling more tales of the supernatural. <laughs> Hashtag Super Schrader. I like that. <laughs> people are in a given mood tonight. Thank you. We have over eight donations from people. And, uh, you know, we're getting into the tens of dollars. Thank you so much for the love and appreciation. Remember, if you can't uh, do it live, if you come back and watch the YouTube video of this, you can always make donations through super likes and super stickers, or you can make a donation on my Venmo at paranormal six zero. That's at paranormal six zero. While we have a chance. So I do want to make one more mention here, Chach. We have the paranormal 60 swag shop up and running. There are so many amazing shirts and items and not just paranormal 60 dedicated. There is witchcraft shirts and there are Bigfoot shirts and there are sand squatch, the dune foot shirts we've got them all if you want weird and supernatural check out paranormal 60 swagshopcom start buying gifts for the family there's a lot of great stocking stuffers you can get the paranormal 60 water bottles you can get coffee mugs you can get cell phone cases you can get t-shirts and hats we have trucker hats now paranormal 60 trucker hats what's the number one seller dave uh right now it's the paranormal 60 baseball jersey there's a number of people that said they're very comfortable in the chat earlier. Mm, very nice. Just saying, just saying. Hello, sir. That's how yeah, this begins. Oh. My family have watched you since we discovered Ghost Adventures and every project you've been a part of after. You have conducted all of your projects with integrity, so I feel like I can trust you to be honest in your answer. My older brother and I were spending the night at our grandparents and had the same experience one night. We would camp out in the living room floor and make forts with blankets and TV trays. I woke up during the night and looked out of my fort opening and saw a white apparition of a woman. It was the exact height and shape of our grandma, even down to the beehive bouffant hairstyle. It was the 70s. I was telling my grandma about it when she came home from work, not knowing that my brother had told our grandpa the exact same thing. It could not have been her because she worked third shift as a nurse. We've talked about this often, and it has left us with many questions. These are the top ones. Is it possible to see an apparition of a living person? Yes. Time slip phenomena. I firmly believe that we are often haunting ourselves. Grandma's still alive today at the youthful age of 91. If not, could an entity take on the appearance and shape of a living person, like image sharing? I, they say they can, those are referred to as doppelgangers when the um, spectral forces seem to take on a recognizable form, but they're usually followed by some kind of spooky action, right? Uh, you're, you're lulled into believing it's grandma and, oh, grandma, and you go to embrace her and she, you know, and starts freaking out on you. I don't think that's, I think that's much more rare. Um, is there a significance to the operation being white instead of black or in detail? 
Well, again, if you're watching and theoretically, if this is a soul self of grandma, maybe grandma didn't tell you she had fallen asleep at work. Maybe, you know, nurses do have a little nursing lounge and -hmm. sometimes when it's slow, they will go in and take shifts of taking a quick little nap. So maybe in that 30 to 40 minute window, maybe your grandmother was soul surfing and she just came by the house to check on you guys. And you happen to be in that hypnagogic, hypnopompic state between living and death, sleep and awake. And you were able to see her in that brief moment. (coughs) Now I say the shadowy figures are not always evil just because they're dark and shadowy. Maybe that's all that it's degraded down to. It's like watching an old videotape that's been around and you played it thousands of times. And the video is just broken down to kind of shadowy figures on your screen. I think that that might have more to do with it. Thank you, sir, for your time and thoughts to our questions. Respectfully, Laura Baker. How do you like Mm. that? Great, great emails. And if you'd like to send me emails of your encounters, send them to Dave at Paranormal60.com. Dave at Paranormal60.com. And uh, I will try to read them and incorporate them in on future episodes. I also want to say one other thing. Please, please support the advertisers that you hear on the show because it means so much to me that you support them. You supporting them means that they keep booking more ads for our show. And I would love for this to continue on because this is the only income we get are from these small advertising bits and the lovely donations that you, our viewers, leave for us. So thank you very much. All right. I have one more story. Oh, Maureen says, Dave and Chachi do seem like a couple of very trustworthy guys. Leave it at that, Dave. Yeah, one of us. I don't trust any guy who's de-aging in front of my eyes. (laughs) Lindsay from Liverpool wrote another email. Two? Yeah. I guess this is uh, actually her third email because she references the one that I'd read prior and the one before that. So let's get to it. And I apologize if some of these are redos. Sometimes people will resend me their story because I didn't read it quick enough and they think I might have missed it. So I'm reading everything and I'm clearing them out of my email box. I'm going to go through them all, make sure that we we cover all of your email stories. Dave at Paranormal60.com. We'll start doing that. How about once a month we just turn the news into a parashare and we can come on here and go into the mailbag of the macabre and read these stories. I've enjoyed this. I hope everybody else has. Yeah. Kimberly Horn says, is soul surfing the same as astral travel? Yes. that's I just call it soul surfing because you're out of your body and enjoying the waves of the universe. Hello, Mr. Schrader. That's what, Oh, Richard says, to what do you attribute disembodied voices? You know, Richard, and I love Richard. He's been on a bunch of our trips. Uh, yep. I, I don't know. I don't even know how we hear them because... It, they're they're being recorded in an electromagnetic frequency. So I guess the recorders that have that ability to kind of record in a wider spectrum are able to pick those voices up. The DVP, direct voice phenomena, are the ones that confuse me when we're all standing there and we can hear a voice c- call out. Now, again, could that just be little pocket universe things going on? Could it be little portals that you're just happening to hear through at that moment and something is taking place there? Is it the tone, the tone tape or the stone tape theory? I'm talking fast backwards. <laughs> the stone tape theory where, you know, our surroundings record these things and once in a while, maybe if the moonlight is right or there's a solar flare, maybe that exchange of energy or you tapped into that you just become aware hyper aware and you're you happen to be tuning into that frequency and can hear it out loud i wish i had better answers 
I wish I knew more about these things because like you, I'm fascinated by what causes these type of experiences. I don't, I don't know. But that's what's so exciting to me about this field is let's keep pushing boundaries. Let's keep asking because back in the past, they didn't know how to cure you if you had a simple infection. But through pushing past boundaries, asking more questions, throwing out theories, investigating theories, we have medicine and science, which was once witchcraft and magic is now science, right? So I think, as it said in one of our earlier emails, these things are just not caught up to by science yet. And a lot of them will be answered in the future. So I'm not sure what's causing it, but I'm sure intrigued on, on hearing it. And I've heard it. Shell Bell says, I'm really enjoying hearing the stories and emails. Thank you, Shell Bell. Laura says, that would be fun to hear others' stories. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Ray Lancashire, where else would I be at 3 a.m.? Right. <laughs> Ray's actually up in the UK. Yeah. Deb from Sachs says, Dave's mailbag is our version of a paranormal sewing circle. <laughs> I, like I love that. it. Yeah. Back to you, Dave. Okay, here we go. Hello, Mr. Schrader. It's Lindsay from Liverpool, England. Thank you for your kind response to my first email about my experiences. I love your sense of humor, and you make me laugh so much. The constant ribbing out of your colleagues makes me want to make you an honorary scouser. Ooh. Mm, fancy. This oh, happened okay. in the same house at Lark Hill as my previous story. It was both a confusing and scary experience. My father had passed away. He had been a strong man and in good health all of his life. It happened quickly after the recurrence of the leukemia he developed a year ago, which we thought he had beaten. The family was devastated. He was laid out in a room at the funeral parlor, so I would go to visit him, talk to him, and hold his hand, wondering how I could get through the rest of my life without this man. He had never been a religious man, but towards the end, he started to wonder about whether God really did exist, worrying where he would go, when he passed, and it broke my heart discussing this with him. As anybody who has visited a funeral parlor knows, they have a particular scent all their own. Whether it's embalming fluid or something else, it's a peculiar smell that just never leaves your memory. The funeral had taken place, and we decided to have a humanist service, which is similar to a eulogy, no prayers or hymns, just a reading about Dad's life and music that gave us special memories of him. Afterwards, for weeks, I couldn't stop going over things in my mind, the events when Dad became ill and the funeral itself. I wasn't with Dad the morning he passed. It was the one time I wasn't there as I'd had to go back home for the kids. The fact that I didn't get to say goodbye played on my mind, so I tried to keep myself busy. As I mentioned, I had two young kids, so it wasn't difficult. At home one day, I was sorting washing and had just come downstairs into the hallway. I stopped to look at a photograph of my father. As I raised my hand to touch the photograph, a strong odor just hit me. It took a moment for me to register what it was. Then I realized it was the strange smell from the funeral parlor. I dropped the washing and crumpled onto the stairs crying. It was as though dad was trying to give me a message. It only lasted a minute or two, but the effect on me was so powerful. More days passed and the wall of the clock in my kitchen stopped at the same time that dad had died. A few nights later, my partner and I were asleep in bed. We keep our mobile phones on the bedside tables to charge. In the early hours of the morning, I was woken with the sound of text messages being received. One, two, three times. I nudged my partner and said, who the hell would message someone at this time of night? Pick your phone up and tell them to stop. It can't be that important or they'd just call. He turned over and said, it's not my phone, it's yours. 
I fumbled for my phone and it had a text message, dad written across it. But strangely, dad's phone number wasn't displayed. Thinking my sister might've taken dad's phone. I opened the messages and there was nothing there. Not one single word. I called my mom the next day to ask who had dad's phone because I didn't find it funny texting me nothing at all. At that time of night and waking me up, she told me that his phone had no charge and it was in her bedside drawer. Was dad trying to contact me to let me know he was okay and I didn't have to worry? Was he still around me in spirit form? Around a month later after the funeral, the whole family went into town to go shopping. And as we were walking, my daughter's mobile phone rang in her pocket. Who is that? I asked her. She pulled the phone out and held up. Her brother's mobile was calling. She declined the call as her brother was actually with us. Then angrily said to him, stop messing about prank calling me. My son turned to me with a very confused look on his face and said, but mom, I left my phone on charge in my bedroom. We were all totally bewildered. The children both had mobile phones, which required either facial recognition or a passcode to enter. Nobody else had knowledge of the passcode, so how could the phone be at home and make a call all by itself? On returning to the house, his sister's number was listed in recent calls. Now, we are logical people. We racked our brains looking for an explanation, but in the end, we couldn't find one. The house was empty and locked up our whole time while we were out. Was it Dad? Was it something else? What would have happened if my daughter had taken the call instead of declining it? I could never quite explain it. I would get a feeling for a house or a room that would really put me off going in there. After the phone call, our son began to have instances where he would hear him speaking a weird language in his sleep. I would get up to go to his bedroom and he would be sitting bolt upright in bed talking. I listened to what he was saying, but I couldn't identify it as French, Spanish, or German. It sounded so strange. So I would just put it down to vivid dreaming and settle him back to sleep. I was cleaning my son's room one day when he was at school. I hadn't been sleeping well as I was still grieving. And for some reason, although I hated his room, something in my head was saying, just lay down for a short while while you're here. You will sleep. So I climbed into my son's bed and fell asleep in just minutes. I had the most horrible dream. It seemed so real. Something I couldn't see had held on to my ankle and was trying to pull me out of the bed. I was panicking, crying, shouting out for help, but nobody came. I tried to grab onto the mattress in the bed frame, but losing the battle began to slide slowly under the bed. I woke up an hour or so later, drenched in sweat and tears. At the bottom of the bed, with one foot hanging toward the floor, my arms up as if I had tried to grab for the bed frame. I lost it. Scared and shaking, I ran from the room. I felt nauseous for the rest of the day. I decided not to mention the dream to anyone. I didn't want to scare my son. Having calmed down the next day, my reasoning brain decided it was probably just me being physically and mentally worn out. Two weeks later, our son wasn't well. This meant that he slept with me through the night and his father slept in his room. It was just a 24-hour thing, and then we were back to our usual sleeping arrangements. A short while later, my partner and I were having tea discussing painting our son's room when my partner said, That room gives me the creeps. I asked, Why exactly? He shifted uncomfortably in his seat and began with the words, I didn't want to tell you about this because I don't want you to worry. I know you don't like that room, and I've always thought that it had a, a strange feeling. I had a really weird dream while sleeping in the bed that night. He was sick not so long ago. 
Something I couldn't see was trying to pull me out of the bed by my ankle. I was desperately trying to grab to the top of the bed. I woke up covered in sweat, having somehow moved to the bottom of the bed with my lower leg and foot hanging out of the blankets over the edge of the bed. I was in disbelief. We had already shared a paranormal experience in the house, but having the exact same dream in a room we both felt had bad energy? Our son's sleep-talking continued, then developed into him running into our bedroom, shouting and trying to get away from something. He was fully asleep while doing all of this. So I took some advice, bought some sage, and smudged the entire house. Things didn't feel too bad for a while. The house felt lighter, somehow brighter, until one night. I had just had a shower and was laying on my bed, eyes closed, trying to relax and focus on my breathing. My hair was wrapped up in a towel, ears exposed. From the silence of the room, I heard a voice right next to my ear, in a long, drawn-out way, say, Lindsay. As I mentioned previously, I have stories from things that have happened to me all my life. I'll be in touch soon. Yours in appreciation, Lindsay. <laughs> that's good Dave. yeah so Lindsay, let's start off with a few things you mentioned your father and the guilt that you felt for not being there do you know that most people and you could talk to hospice workers will hold on until you leave the room and it happens time and time again we want to be there for that last moment i can tell you having been somebody who is there for that last moment i wouldn't wish that on anybody we think we want to be there for that that's not how our loved ones would want us to remember them i've since altered my perceptions on what I did experience and how tragic and sad it was and have reevaluated the moments through a message I was given. And, uh, and that message was that you were there, your mom was there for your first breath and you were there for her last. It was the circle of life. And I thought that was beautiful, but it was funny because mom had hung in all day, all night, the day before all day and all night. And then we decided we were going to go out to dinner and we all left the room and my dad forgot something. He went back and that's when he noticed mom's really labored breathing. And it had, wasn't until we had already left the room and we're about 10 minutes from just heading out the door that she finally gave in. And I think, I really believe she didn't want us there for that moment because she knew how traumatic it would be for us. But don't beat yourself up for that. Many, 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 many people will tell you that it's like their consciousness waits to go. And maybe it's easier for them to let go in those moments because then they don't have to worry about the guilt or the sense of sadness either. So take that as it may. Um, you know, it's interesting that you smelled that smell uh, when you were thinking of your father. I will say on the science side, the part of the brain that memorizes and, and keeps smell is right here. It's right between your eyes. So it's only a quick flick to the nose. So when you're having a memory and smelling something, like you and your brother walk in and you can smell grandma's cookies being made in the kitchen at the same time, that's pretty cool. But that trigger memory for the brain is right there. Now, if you and somebody who's never smelled those cookies walked into the room and smelled the cookies, that might be more into the paranormal realm. More than likely, it was just a quick trigger sensation because you were thinking of your dad and you were going through grieving mourning. The thing with your son in the room, I don't have an answer for that. I probably would have definitely sealed that room off for a while, done a heavy prayers, brought in old priests, young priests, Haitian priests, the band ABBA, anything to try to change the energy of that room. Um, it is, it's alarming and disturbing that you 
both sensed and had the exact same experiences. And it, it's it got to make you wonder what your poor son had gone through. And I'm not saying that to guilt you because as parents, sometimes we just think, oh, they're just dreaming. They're just, you know, but it makes you wonder what, what was his experience really like? And has he talked about it since? If he has, let us know, Lindsay, because we're listening. You know, Dave, it's interesting you say that. I don't often talk about these types of things, but uh, on the day that my dad passed, uh, he it was me and my two sisters and my mom and, and some of his uh, grandkids, our, our kids, all in the room with him all day long. And he just hung on. He's hung on. Finally, about 1130, um, my sister and I decided to take the grandkids back to the house. We said, we got to put them to bed. You know, we'll come back in the morning. We didn't get home 10 minutes later. And my mm -hmm. mom called and said he had passed. Exactly yeah. what you said, right? So 90% of the folks in the room left, and then he, he passed with my mom and youngest sister in the room. Yeah, that seems to be the way that it happens for a lot of us. Ray Lancashire, are we going for the extended P120? We are not, Ray Lancashire. Oh, I was hoping. There's a lot of with... comments to get to. Uh, okay, well, sh throw up some more comments. Thank you to everybody who made donations for the show tonight. Deb from SAC, Wolf, Crimson, Bridget, Stevie, Sybil, Stevie again and Lil Sprite. We appreciate all of the love and uh, and shows of respect for the show tonight. So thank you all for doing that. All right, uh, Donna C. My dad's mom waited for me to arrive at the hospital just to acknowledge me. Then she passed that night. Yeah, it is interesting how sometimes they hold on until you all get to come in and say your goodbyes. Yep. And then that's when they let go. Mary says it really makes me feel like I am not alone in my experiences when I'm here. You're not, Mary. You're among friends. You're among paranormal friends. You absolutely are. Yeah. That's Let's what I see. love because what Alina said. Alina says, Mary, you're definitely not alone. Yeah. Sharon says, my grandpa passed the same way. I had been there to feed him his dinner, and within 30 minutes of me leaving, he passed. My mom and grandma were both there. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes Let's I think they try to... Oh, Stevie says, love you guys. Thank you, Stevie. We love you, and thank you for being here and being a part of the show with us. We'll be back to regular programming. Ken Boggle will join me for part of the show next week as we talk about a brand new paranormal show that's debuting. Make sure to tune in and hear all about that. Ken is one of my favorite people in the world. He's an amazing tarot reader and sensitive, and he is part of a new program with Kristen Stewart from the Twilight uh, series and has some really interesting things to share with us. And we will talk to him about the paranormal. And if you have questions about tarot and you have questions about connecting to the other side, he will be here for part of that. Uh, in a few weeks, we're going to be talking with uh, somebody regarding a brand new Bigfoot documentary that I had a chance to see that was astounding. Great footage, crazy activity, and really a, a thought-provoking, beautifully shot documentary. So we'll be talking about that. Donna C says, have you seen the new Stevie Nicks Barbie, Dave? Yes. All of you have sent me images of the new Barbie that is made to look like Stevie Nicks. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for the extra time, Bridget Connolly, with a $20 donation. Thank you, Bridget, very much. We appreciate that as well. Thank you all. Okay. We'll be back on Monday with brand new episodes of the very best in Paranormal Talk Radio. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60 News.